Straight Ahead on Moody Presents with Mark Joe. Have I made a clear-cut decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Is He truly living in me? Am I truly possessed by the Spirit of God? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? Because if He does, then I will show fruit in my life. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have issues. It just means that there will be fruit in my life that God continues to prune to produce more fruit. Welcome to our program called Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, now that the new year is here, it's our hope and our prayer that you'll focus on taking your next step with Jesus Christ, whether you've been living out your faith for five days, five years, or five decades. I'm John Geiger, and you know, it's always our resolution here at Moody Presents to help you in studying God's Word. Our study is called Christ Said I Am, where we are investigating Jesus' famous I Am statements. These are statements, claims that he made about himself in the pages of the book of John. Today we head back to chapter 15 as we explore what Jesus meant when he called himself the true vine. Here's Pastor Mark Job to lead us. So the gardener goes out and he looks at the branch and he says, this branch needs to be cut off. This branch needs to be pruned because I want there to be growth. You don't have to raise your hand, but if you've been a believer for a while and you look at your life right now and you say, Pastor Mark, I look at my life and I don't feel like I've grown in two years. I'm going to tell you that it's not God because God is there. God hasn't left you. God hasn't abandoned you. God hasn't forgotten that you were there. It's not the word that's changed because the word is there. If you're not growing right now, it's because you're not allowing God to prune you so that you can continue to grow in your life. And there's something in your life that's sapping the spiritual life out of your life, not allowing you to grow. And until you're willing to deal with whatever's sapping the spiritual life out of you, you will probably stay stuck in the same place until you say okay bring it on God I'm ready to be pruned the moment this branch is broken off the tree and no longer connected to the tree it cannot produce the fruit of the tree let me tell you what happens in our life often oftentimes what happens in our life is that we spend a lot of time trying to produce fruit in our life when instead we should be trying to be connected to the life of God and the fruit will naturally be produced in our life. Let me explain it this way. I've walked by orange trees before. I've never walked by an apple tree and heard it groaning to produce apples. Never. I've walked by apple trees and never heard... What's happened? Oh, the, the tree's trying to produce apples. Never. <laughs> Never. Why? Because an apple tree naturally, normally, effortlessly produces apples because it's flowing in the life of the apple tree. It doesn't have to strive to produce apples. It naturally produces apples because it's connected to the apple tree. Now, your life and my life, religion 
oftentimes tells you, here's the standard that you have to live up. Now try to live up to that standard. And we get into sin management. We say, well, this week, I'm only going to swear, I'm going to give myself a limit of 50 swear words. Because before it was 100, now I'm going to knock it down to 50. I'm going to manage my sin. And so you try it, and then if that works next week, I'm going to do just 30 swear words. And then I'm going to eliminate it down to 15, and then 5, and hopefully in, in, in about 3 months, I'll be down to 0 swear words. Let me tell you. I applaud your effort. But what that is, is just sin management. Rather than trying to manage your sin, what you really need to do is connect to the life of God. Because as you connect, yeah. As you connect to the life of God, and the Spirit of God is inside of you, the Spirit of God will naturally begin to leads you to start talking different, acting different, behaving different. And the fuller you are with the life of God, the more you will begin to change. You're not going to be try, trying to self-improve yourself to change. You just have to yield to the Spirit of God that's inside of you, and you are not groaning to be like Jesus. You will naturally be, be like Jesus because His life is flowing inside of you. You are filled with His life, and you are being changed from the inside out to be more like Him. You are connected to the vine, and therefore you are showing the fruit of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Number three, the third principle of fruitfulness. In the verses five through seven, we are given the three keys to staying connected to the life of God or connected to the vine. Notice what it says in verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I remember years ago reading that verse and thinking, well, I'm not sure if I agree with that verse. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, I think I can do things without, apart from God. And the truth is, there's a lot of people that do a lot apart from God. You can cook a steak apart from God. You can wash your car. You can get a degree. You can build a business. You can get married. You can raise kids. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do without God in it. However, the point that Jesus was making is that you really can't do anything of significance, of spiritual significance apart from the life of God. Now, you can try to do a lot of things and you can do a lot of things, but you can't do anything that has eternal value or anything that's really significant in the spiritual world apart from the involvement of Jesus Christ in the process. I believe that a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to do things without God being involved in the process, and then we make a mess of things because God hasn't been involved in it, or we do things on our own strength and realize that in the end, 
God should have been involved in it from the beginning. I remember way back when I was 21 years old, I started pastoring this church. Way too young to pastor. But I remember when I first started pastoring, I came to the little church that was on 44th and Polina. We were just a handful of people, maybe about 18 people when I first started. And I looked around at all the needs that existed in, in the neighborhood. And I was dealing with situations that were like way above my, my experience and way above my ability to handle. But I felt like God had really called me. And so I was running around and I was helping teenagers out and visiting people at the hospital and helping disciple people and mentor people and trying to do some marital counseling and just really, really, really busy running around trying to do the things that I felt like God had called me to do. And about three months into pastoring, and I was leading the worship team too because we didn't have a worship team leader teaching guitar lessons because I was trying to get some people to learn guitar. And about three months into the ministry, I became very sick. So sick that I, I couldn't swallow. I had high fever. I just couldn't barely walk and, and get out of bed. I didn't have any insurance. I didn't have a doctor to see because we were really poor and the church was really poor. And so my grandmother had a doctor that was willing to see me for free. So the doctor saw me and he said, son, you need rest. You have strep throat and a touch of mono and a touch of hepatitis and a touch of I don't know all the kinds of touches I had. I had a lot of touches. <laughs> and he said, you need to rest. You, need to, you just need to get on. You need to go to your grandmother's house. You need to lay on that couch and you need to have bed rest for an entire week. And I said, well, no, you don't understand. You see, I'm a pastor. I got a lot of people that need me. I mean, there's a lot of people I'm working with, a lot of needs that are there. You don't understand. I don't have time. To rest, And he said, son, if you value your life, you're going to rest. And so dragging my feet, barely making it to my grandmother's house, I was on the couch and I was complaining to God. You ever complain to God? If I was having one of those little pity parties, complain to God. I can't understand why I ended up in this place. I'm trying to do all the right things. And I'll never forget, as I was laying on that couch, just God let me complain for a while. I was all done complaining. I thought I had a pretty good case. I felt and heard the Spirit of God speaking to my heart. You know how the Holy Spirit speaks. It's not an audible voice, but there's words that are spoken to your heart. And I felt like God said to me, after all my complaint, laying on that couch, I felt like God spoke to my heart and said, that's the problem. You have been doing all of this. But you've been doing it in your own strength, not in my power. You have been doing this, but you have not been inviting me to do it or do it in my power or my strength. That's why you ended up on this couch. And I'll never forget the moment that I... I got on my knees beside that couch, feeling weak in my body, but even more convicted in my spirit. And I remember getting on my knees and crying out to God, asking for forgiveness. God, you're right. I have been trying to do your work in my own power, and it's getting nothing done. 
I've been trying to do your stuff in my power, and it's impossible to accomplish the work of God in my own power. Forgive me, God. And Lord, if you get me out of this bed of sickness, I am going to make sure that whatever I do in the future, Lord, it's with your strength and your power, and I'm inviting you to come in, and I want to just be a vessel of your work and not be the one that does it. I want you to flow through me. And I remember after I started feeling better, the first time I went to preach that before I got up to preach, I said, God, you know, I've been preaching for a while now, but I don't want to just preach. I want your strength and power to flow through me. When I began to invite the power of God into it and realize that it's God and not me, then something extraordinary began to happen. Although I had been working really, really hard at trying to help people and make changes, suddenly it seemed like something changed and clicked. And God was moving in stronger, extraordinary ways because God was invited in the process. And these words came to my mind, without me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches, you cannot produce any fruit on your own. When I went to pray for people, I'd say, God, I'm going to pray for them, but you know what? I can't do anything. I invite your power, O Spirit of God, to come and move with power and authority here. Lord, I just want to be a vessel of you because you can, I can't. And it was a turning point in my ministry at that time. I needed to learn that lesson, or I feel if I hadn't learned that lesson, I probably would have been really, really struggling or probably quit ministry because you cannot do the work of God or any work, your own work, without inviting the power of God to move and work through you. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Hey, just a quick reminder that you're listening to Moody Presents with Dr. Mark Job, president of the Moody Bible Institute. Our CSI series, which we're drawing to a close today, stands for Christ Said, I Am. And today we're examining Jesus' claim, I am the true vine. Now, if you head to our website at moodypresents.org, you'll be able to click on past programs so that you can take in this entire series again or maybe listen to any messages that you might have missed. While there, check out Moody Publishers, a great resource for books to help you deepen your faith walk with Jesus Christ. Again, our website is moodypresents.org. Well, let's get back to Pastor Mark Job with Claims of Christ. Verses 5 through 7, as I mentioned, explains the three keys to staying connected. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me and he is like a branch that's thrown away and withers, such a branch is are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Because they have no fruit. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. He gives us three ways to stay connected to the, to the vine. If you want the power of God to flow through you, if you want to make sure that the life of God is flowing through you, there's three things that need to happen. Number one, you need to, you need to live in Christ. You need to be in Christ. That means in fellowship with Him, talking to Him, 
flowing in his presence. Some people think that the presence of God is just in church when we gather together and everybody is worshiping. But the Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that means that when you walk out of this door, if God has filled you, it means that when you walk in the parking lot, you have just turned the parking lot into sacred space. That means that when you go home, that your home suddenly becomes a place where God dwells. Why? Because you are there and you bring his presence there. It means that when you get on the uh, Dan Ryan, you get on the L to go downtown to go to work, that the moment that you step on the L, suddenly you've turned the L into sacred place because the Holy Spirit is on the L now. Wow, did you know that, that the Holy Spirit could dwell on the L? Why? Because wherever you are, wherever you at, you bring the presence of God. So therefore, he says, remain in me. That means that we, we, the word remain means that we stay close, that we fellowship, that we're connected, that throughout the day you are talking and fellowshipping and hearing the voice of God and speaking to God. And then he says, and my words remain in you. That means that when God speaks to you, you let those words percolate in your soul. Have you ever spoke to someone and felt like those words are going in one ear and going out the other ear? You say, yeah, my husband, every, every day almost. I, you know when someone's listening and when they're not, right? I can tell when you're listening and when you're not. And so I sit way in the back so you can't talk. I can tell. So you can talk to someone and they could hear your words and the, the words go in one ear and come out the other ear. When the Spirit of God is speaking to you and they hear your words and those words penetrate your heart and soul and you can't get rid of those words and those words take root in your heart and your mind and they percolate they dwell inside of you they begin to change you that's how you stay connected when you're fellowshipping with Christ and his words remain in you then it says look at the end of verse 7 then ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you what does that mean it means this that when you are dwelling in Christ and Christ's words are dwelling in you, then God is going to give you visions and desires in line with his will. And when you begin to pursue and ask and chase after the visions and dreams that God has given you, you will begin to see them accomplished. Why? Because you are dwelling in him and his words are dwelling in you. And now you are pursuing your God-given purposes and, and, and dreams for your life, and you are seeing them happen in your life. There's no, you're no more engaged in the life of Christ when you're engaged in your divine purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for your life that he wants you to complete. And when you're dwelling in him, and his words are dwelling in you, you will begin to complete the purposes that God has called you to. And lastly, number four. The fruitfulness plan states that our fruit will be the evidence that authenticates our walk. Look at what it says in verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. When we show much fruit in our life, there are two things that happen. One, we give glory to God because people start looking at our lives and we become like the moon. The moon has no light of its own. It only reflects the light of the sun. When you begin to bear much fruit, people will start looking at your life 
and say, wow, you're different. Wow, you've changed. You're not the same. And then you point rap, you point right back to the source of life that's God. And, and, and as people look at you and you point to God, it gives glory to God because people start realizing God's the one that's changed them. God's the one that's done a work in their life. And God starts receiving the glory because you are manifesting the glory of God. The second thing that happens is this. He says, not only does God receive the glory, but you show yourself to be a disciple. Listen to me well. I'm closing up with this. I want you to look up at me. This is really, really important for you to grasp. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, by this will people know that you are my disciples, by the fruit that you bear. You will know by their fruit, you will know that they are my disciples. You will recognize them, it says in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. In that same context, he says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I don't know you. And they'll say, well, we did this in your name, and we did that in your name. And he'll say, depart from me, because I never even knew who you were. You know why? Because they were branches that hung around the tree, but they were not connected to the tree. And so when you hang around the tree, you will show no fruit, but you'll learn the language of the tree. You'll learn the culture of the tree, but you won't have the fruit of the tree in your life. Are you tracking with me? This is really important. You can learn the language of the tree. You can learn the songs of the tree. You can learn the verses of the tree. But unless you have the fruit of the tree, then you're really not in the tree. And Jesus said, you will know them by the fruit that they produce. And I believe that if you have no fruit in your life of change and transformation, if there's no fruit in your life that's showing you that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, then I would look at your life again and ask yourself this question, Am I really in the vine? Am I really? Have I made a clear-cut decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? Is he truly living in me? Am I truly possessed by the Spirit of God? Does the Holy Spirit live inside of me? Because if he does, then I will show fruit in my life. It doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have issues. It just means that there will be fruit in my life that God continues to prune to produce more fruit. If I say that I came to Christ when I was small, six years old, and I prayed a prayer, whatever you did, and you've been 15 years or 10 years and there's no fruit in your life, then my friend, I would re-explore whether you are really connected to the vine or not. Because a true branch will produce fruit. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for helping us wrap up our CSI series, Christ Said I Am. You know, if I may, I'd like to talk just a moment directly to anybody who has heard this message. But honestly, you really don't have a connection to the vine, to Jesus, as Pastor Mark was sharing. But you know, apart from that personal relationship, you can never be right with God, never forgiven of your sins, and never welcomed into heaven. That's the bad news. Now the good news. In coming to earth as a baby at Christmas and dying on the cross at Easter, Jesus paid the penalty for all of our wrongdoing. 
and He made it possible for us to be forgiven, to be grafted into the vine. That's Jesus Himself. If you'd like to stop living life on your own terms, if you'd like to get off the hamster wheel of trying to do enough good things to earn God's favor, why not just ask Christ right now to forgive you and come into your life, to be in charge, your Savior is the Bible word. Hey, if that's what you want, pray along with me right now. I'll try to give you some space to pray. Let me lead us. Lord God, I want you to be in charge of me. I'm tired of trying to do enough good things. Lord, I believe that you died for me. Would you please forgive me of my wrongdoing? Would you now be my Savior? In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you just prayed to receive Christ, we'd like to help you take your next step in that walk with Jesus. Head to moodypresents.org and click on the upper right-hand corner. There's a button there that says How to Know Christ. You'll find a lot of great tools, free, that'll encourage you in this new journey. Again, moodypresents.org and click on How to Know Christ. And then, for anybody who is listening right now who is connected to the vine, you do know Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to be open to God's pruning work in your life to allow you to produce even more fruit for His glory. And we can help you in that endeavor. We've got so many resources at moodypresents.org. For example, our daily devotional called Today in the Word. You'll find wonderful books from Moody Publishers, Bibles and Bible Studies, again, from Moody Publishers. And then check out Moody Radio's streaming radio stations, podcasts, the Moody Radio app. It's free for your iPhone or Android phone and so much more. But check it all out when you visit moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. For our teacher, Mark Job, our producer, Chris Seagard, I'm John Geiger thanking you for listening to Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.